All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of What's What VR. Today we have a very special guest, very important, very busy person, I'm sure, with lots of responsibilities right now. But we have Stephanie Manson, the Chief Operating Officer for Our Lady of the Lake. Stephanie, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Brandon. Awesome. Well, like I said, I normally say it at the end, but I'll say, you know, with kind of what you do, there's a lot more important things that you probably need to be doing than talking to me. So we'll not take too much of your time. We'll let you kind of get into it. But starting out just right out of the gate, what's a regular, what's a day in the life, regular role of a chief operating officer for a massive, you know, healthcare system, you know, especially in our you know community here. What's that? What's that like? Well, I don't, I'm not sure that there's any day that's exactly the same. And um, sometimes you just, you really have to go with the flow and adjust along the way. But I, th- you know, we start pretty early. Uh, we work with physicians a lot and any, when they want to meet or visit, oftentimes it's before they're in clinic or the operating room. So we, we start early and we go late. Um, a lot of my responsibilities are really around the the processes uh, that that our patients and team members experience, how we engage and provide service to them, uh, our quality outcomes, uh, our financial situation. And so any of the, you know, in any given day, you might be bouncing from um, talking with somebody about a new project or a new procedure that they want to start to reviewing financial statements, to working on a strategic plan for our service line. So it's, um, it's diverse and fun and uh, there's never a dull moment. The days go by very fast. And uh, I like that. That's awesome. It, you know, it's funny. It reminded me years ago when I would, lived in the IT space, we were at a conference and me and a guy were sharing a stage doing a talk and he was talking about how the COOs and CIOs, he was talking to a bunch of sales guys, right. That are trying to sell IT solutions and stuff. And he was trying to explain to him, he's like, look, you're, you're kind of walking in for a nine o'clock meeting and, you know, the guy comes, the CIO, CO comes walking in, sits down and you think he's just getting into the office. He goes, what you don't realize is he got a call at six 30. He had to come up, you know, to the building because the alarm was going off and had to meet the alarm guy. And then the elevator system messed up. He goes, you need to get to the point. You know, these guys are not just sitting around. They have to deal with everything. And it's usually whatever's planned happens after hours. You know, I tell people, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'm a fireman during the day and put out fires and at night I do my real job. That's entirely right. Many nights um, with my iPad on my lap or my laptop and answer emails and get some of the the things done that just accumulate during the day and and there's not time to do. That's awesome. What, What did you seek out healthcare or did healthcare seek you out? You know, because there's plenty of places to go be the COO for. Right. I think, well, maybe a little bit of both. So I finished um, with a degree, a bachelor's in psychology and tried to find a job. It was a great undergraduate program and I found that I wasn't very marketable. Um, So I I started searching for what might be a good fit. And uh, I love service and, you know, I thought about social work or some of the other things that were more in line or counseling. Um, My aptitude, because I really had an affinity for that, but my, my aptitude was, more aligned with business. So a um, year out of college, I did some aptitude testing, talked to several people and healthcare administration is a great fit between those two. Um, always feel like you're helping people, which serves that altruistic need to 
to serve and to help. Uh, yet it is a it is a business, and and we do need to uh, make sure we're managing our resources well. So it was a perfect fit. I um, decided then to go to graduate school and went off to uh, the University of Alabama at Birmingham for a couple years and got a master. I'm sorry. <laughs> UAB, UAB at some people, which is different than the Alabama. But anyway, um, came back to Our Lady of the Lake as an administrative resident. So really a, a, tra- a trainee or an internship for a year. And that was uh, almost 22 years ago now. So it's been a great uh great experience and just love the organization and perfect. It's a perfect career path for me. So tell me anything stick out. Like you said, you know, you're dealing with facilities, people, doctors, all over the place, and then even families, you know, that you're having to deal with. Does anything, you know, stick out, you know, over this tenure of that's, you know, from a family to where it's bled over into, you know, kind of your day-to-day work, you know, or, you know, steered you. Sure. You know, there are opportunities every day to display random acts of kindness. And I think, you know, when when patients and families come here, uh, they don't want to come here. It's not a it's not a place like, oh, yes, I get to go to the hospital today or have surgery. And um, we're dealing truly with life changing events. We see sometimes uh, folks last meal or last breath. And we have such an opportunity to to be of service. And I've had the, the chance to, to be with a friend and to be by her side when our care team was um, caring for her loved one who ultimately passed away and to, to be there in that moment, in that sacred moment um, with her and to really watch our team work and what they do all day, every day, really when no one's looking because they truly care about patients, care about the dignity uh, that we treat everyone with. Those are some moments, you know, very special moments are, um, unfortunately, if someone passes away uh, and chooses to donate life and to be an organ donor, we have a ceremony where we'll go and raise a flag out on the front uh, of the campus, a donate life. And, the, and during the time that the organs are being procured, uh, that flag flies. And it's really a reminder and a support that these, in, in sadness, uh, there's great comfort in knowing that your family member can provide life to to others. And that's a very rewarding experience. So oftentimes um, in the worst and most sacred moments, I find so much pride in the work that our team does. Yeah, they really inspire me every day. Uh, my mom was a patient here a couple years ago and uh, she she had a surgery. She did great when she came out of surgery she kept talking about the recovery room nurse and I had been with her pretty much every step of the way, except when she was in there. And so I had to go on a hunt to find the nurse and uh, my mom's take home. She said, you know, she started crying in the recovery room. I don't know if she was emotional or anesthesia or a combination of the two, Uh, but there was a connection that she made with this nurse. They were talking about things and, and she got emotional and she said, Stephanie, the nicest, she went and got a, a uh, cloth for me to wipe my tears. And that was just the nicest thing. And, you know, I thought about all the things that had gone right that day, you know, the, the technical expertise and the technology we have with the surgery. And the one thing that she continues to talk about was the nurse that wiped her tears. So to me, that's what it's all about. And I can, you know, we talked about the busy day. 
if I take five minutes or 10 minutes to go walk around here to talk with our team or meet with a patient, it's absolutely the best part of my day. And it's a great reminder of, of why we do what we do. It's very motivating. No, it's, I've mentioned it, you know, at other times I've got family that works in healthcare and it's tough because you're usually meeting people, you know, on what most likely is the worst day of their life, you know, or one of the days that they don't want to be in, you know, it's kind of the, if I could go back, like I said, when we were, you know, we had the, you know, IT world, you know, it's like people would call, they never called to tell you just, Hey, everything's great. You know, people only come in when there's a problem. You know, I doubt there's people calling up or walking into the ER like, hey, just want to let you know everything's good now. We don't need thanks for last time. So, yeah, but finding those people, you know, that's that's key, right? We can always buy another x-ray machine. We know how to procure that, and that's simple. It, but finding and building a team, you know, we talk about it in so many different companies on how important it is. But what do you look for when you're trying to hire somebody to, you know, join the team? It's not just check the boxes that you've got the degrees, you know, like a thermometer, you know, what is it that you're looking for? Yeah. I mean, the, because of the, the clinical nature and licensure and all that, you know, the competency is something that's a, you have to have that, you know, especially in a clinical role uh, to even be considered what sets people apart that do great in our organization are those that have great attitudes and really appreciate and are committed to our mission and, and embody it. And so we're, we're committed to service and um, dignity and reverence and how we treat our patients, their families and each other. You know, we're a, we're a team and we have to support each other along the way. So how, how, am I a good team player? And so we have ways and are really great tools uh, to screen for that sort of thing. Um, we get our team members involved. So if we're going to hire a, a nurse on a unit, uh, other nurses that she might be working with or part of the care team will participate in that interview uh, because we're really looking for fit. So uh, there, you know, the, the famous saying, hire for, hire for attitude, train for skill. Uh, we can teach people what they need to know to be successful, you know, beyond their um, formal education. Uh, you can't, some of the other components that really make us special or exceptional are in the heart and you, it's difficult to train for that. Yeah, you can't you can't train out a jerk, right? You know, <laughs> it's very hard to. I tried, but it worked. At the end of the day, you know, it might you can delay it, you can you know threaten it, but they work their way back in. So, yep. you know, do do you happen to know you guys? You know, last I looked, they're the you know largest hospital in the state. You know, largest hospital system in the state. Do you have any idea how many patients you guys are running through there, or is that at this point, we stopped counting. No, no, I do. We, um, gosh, there's so many different. So we admit about 40,000 patients a year. So 40,000 inpatients. Um, oh my God. We, yeah, we see about 100,000 in our emergency room, 30,000 surgeries. The biggest number, though, is the connection that we have with patients in our um with our physician group. So really large group of physicians that are have many access points around the, the community. Uh, that's about 1.2 million visits. So when I talk about the, the, the opportunities to, to connect and to really help people, it, it's pretty vast. Um, a fun fact is we uh, do, we do uh, launder about 4 million pounds of laundry too. So if that ever comes Four up million. in real pursuit, you would know. That's, I, I, I am one for random facts. You know, it is my 
but that's i just i couldn't help myself i grabbed the calculator that's you know admitting that's almost 110 a day you know people getting admitted into the hospital and so for all of, and then you start talking all the you know, provider network and you know all the marketing people would be like, well, you've got great engagement. You know, everyone's you know touching, but that's amazing. Is there outside those numbers and because of kind of where your role sits, I would think everybody knows the lake. You know, it's it's a landmark. You know, people give directions behind. You know, go past the lake. You know, it's on the right or you know it's right next to the lake. Um, I was over there two days ago. Somebody literally told me, you know, we're right next to the lake. And then that's how we got there. So people know the basics, you know, the broken arm, you know, the sick, obviously say the bad word COVID right now, but is, is there anything that comes to mind, you know, from healthcare services that, you know, people may not know that you guys are involved in that's unique to what we're doing here? Honestly, I feel like everyone should know because it's so close to us, but, but still it's seeing our children's hospital. So um, great, big, you know, beautiful space to care for children. Uh, now, I guess a year and a half we've been open, but the number of specialists that we have that are dedicated to treating just children is remarkable. And so, you know, I would just say rather than, you know, thinking about a building, if ever there's a need, part of our mission is to be here for the community and to be here for children and to take care of them. And so if there's a child that has a particular kidney disease, we have nephrologists that treat just children to care for that. And so I would say many of our specialists, um, it's important that we have these services in Baton Rouge so that families don't have to travel. And, and that's, you know, children comes to mind, children come to mind, um, but also some access points. So in North Baton Rouge, we have a beautiful campus um, on airline highway that has an emergency room and it has an urgent care center. And so the, the beauty of that is that if a patient comes in, we can either say you come into the emergency room, but after the, after you're checked out and cleared, if maybe it's not so big of an emergency, uh, we've determined, thankfully, you can go to the urgent care and that's the right level of care. Conversely, if you come into urgent care, but really it's like, oh, this person's super sick, we need to get them to the emergency side, we can do that. So that model is is unique and uh, we're really proud of, of the work that we're doing there in, the, in that community. That's, well, that's a neat concept, you know, kind of stack them next to each other you know, right. go where you need to, and they kind of feed to each other. Mm-hmm. With that, one of the things I've noticed, you know, and I don't know that too many people, you know, maybe they don't realize, or, you know, we drive past these buildings all the time, and they don't necessarily know, is, you know, you guys opened up this, you know, Heart and Vascular Institute about six years ago, you know, was, is that a big need? You know, what is, you know, what was the kind of the thought behind that for here? Or is that more of a regional, we needed something and we just happen to be lucky to be in Baton Rouge with it? Well, cardiovascular disease is a huge um, issue, I guess, in our community, in our state, in our region. And so uh, offering a wide array of services from cardiologists to uh, non-invasive procedures to surgeries uh, diagnostics to determine what's happening is 
very important. And so while we had, we offered those services prior to opening the Heart and Vascular Institute, um, what we were what we were able to do is um, cohort those services all in one location. So if you come in, you know, it's the second floor of HVI, that's the procedural area. So we have our cath lab space and our operating rooms for our, our heart surgeons and vascular surgeons and thoracic surgeons. Um, we have our inpatient units that are on the floors above that, our ICU. So it really allowed us to geographically bring the teams together. So as a patient or family member, I come in, I come into the HVI, and I'm, that's likely going to be where I am for the full gamut of my stay. We also were able to uh, have a unit, it's called a universal concept. And so a patient, if you're coming out of heart surgery, the first couple of days, maybe you're in an ICU care. Uh, and then you get better and you, you can go to the next level, which might be a normal, you know, regular inpatient unit. Well, what we've done is design the care team so that the patient doesn't have to move. We just, we make those changes and adjustments for them there. So it's, uh, it's an experience component. We were able to invest in some technology so that we had the latest and greatest to treat um, heart disease. And so it's been, um, it's a blessing to have, and we've continued to see that, uh, that grow. In the same vein, no pun intended, that kind of just had to pop in there, but you guys do have a really good relationship with the American Heart Association. And does that tie, you know, to, you know, some of this, and is that where some of this direction has been able to come, you know, how does that help, you know, us here at Baton Rouge? Well, the, the relationship with the American Heart Association is really we we care about the same things as part of our mission. And uh, the Heart Association is, is science based, which obviously we're, you know, based in medical medicine and best practices. Um, but they're committed to research, to advancing technology and advancing the cause. So their work really allows um, for breakthroughs in technology to always make it you know, it's, it's trying to be less invasive, you know, how can I make someone better um, without surgery, perhaps, or, you know, we see devices now that are keeping folks hearts beating that are, you know, this big. And uh, those are the types of things that the American Heart Association, the work that they do to uh, drive scientific advances. I would also say, though, a big part of what they do is just about awareness. And mm -hmm. um, although we take care of patients when they need us, it's a goal as a community to be healthier. And honestly, it's great if people don't need us as well. And so a part of the mission that we, I think the shared mission we have is how do we educate the community about the dangers of heart disease and how to lead a healthier life? What are the choices we can make every day so that we can live longer, healthier lives and not have to come and uh, receive the services in our beautiful facility? That's amazing. Well, tell me, one of the things I did, you know, do some digging and found, you know, that uh, amongst all the stuff that you're regularly doing, you know, and working on, you've found some time somehow, you know, to chair the, you know, Go Red for Women event this year. Is that still the case? That is, yes. Is yeah, keeping up with that, you know, what does, what does, what is the event for anybody who doesn't know? Sure. Go Red for Women is an opportunity so uh, to really highlight 
the impact of heart disease specifically on women, it is the number one killer of women um, beyond other cancers and, and things that we might hear about. And so how can we uh, reach out and educate and inform women to understand their risks and to do something about it? And so the the Go Red for Women event is, uh, it's, it's normally held, it's, it's been at the, at the River Center for many years. It's very uplifting. You know, we hear many stories of survivors. Uh, there's a really fun fashion show and uh, it's, it's really a great uplifting event. This year, it's virtual. Um, oh, don't say. That's, that's the world we're in. Uh, and, but the good news there is, so more people can participate. It's free. Uh, you can log on from anywhere, your couch, your office, your car, it doesn't matter, um, and, and be a part of it. And so I'm really excited about the opportunity to reach even further and have even more people participate and just learn. And hopefully, you know, my goal would be at the end of the luncheon that somebody says, you know, I'm going to make that appointment with my primary care doctor, or I'm going to try to eat more fruits and vegetables, whatever it is, just some motivation to, to act. So it's an easy, when they participate, you know, when they log in, what is it exactly that they're going to be logging into? Like, are they going to see? Is it going to be a speaker that we're going to have? Is it some videos or is it a, you know, kind of one of these, everybody's got a new virtual platform. It seems right. like every other day now. So I think it'll be, a, it'll be a variety of all of that to have a few live segments and some videos and some of the uh, fun things that everyone that's been in the past is accust accustomed to seeing. So it's one hour. Um, mm -hmm. 12 to one on February 5th. And we, you can access uh, and register by going to, I just typed in the, in Google Baton Rouge, go red. And the, the link comes up to participate. Uh, I think it's heart.org is the website. And so uh, mm -hmm. I think it's, we're, we're doing our best to make it as, as inspiring and educational uh, as if we're in person and then try to reach beyond the Baton Rouge community. And we can do that with virtual. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I think it's, that's something people can take. It's an hour, invest in yourself, right? Take one hour, buy a salad and sit down and watch it, you right. know, and eat it, you know, there, do something healthy. Well, look, I, I appreciate the time, you know, this has been very informative for me. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing over there, the volume. I'm still thinking about all that laundry of, you know, how I'm going to use that, to put it in there it really makes what I have to deal with on laundry seem irrelevant. That's right. See, you never complain about the, the Sunday laundry loads. That's when I do laundry it, at my house. That's I do that, or I've got a service that will come and do it. I've gotten to be okay. kind of lazy. Okay. So, <laughs> um, well, look, like I said in the beginning, I know you've got more important things to do than talk to me, but I hope we can get this message out, you know, get the people, you know, go red for women. You know, the work that you're doing is incredible and your team's doing. I appreciate everything you guys have done. So, you know, have a great day. I All appreciate right. the time. Thanks, Brandon. It's been a pleasure. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye.